and we're live what's going on people this is the real tour real walk family and we are back again with another beautiful episode yeah yeah another episode full of knowledge and wisdom come on another episode where we bring you a special guest oh man another episode where we come to free the realness come on come on another episode where we bring you all of the juice and power mm. another episode where we bring you amazing scriptures that you probably may not have seen before cool 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 back with myself gabs myself mr game changer Unfortunately, Aura can't make it today, but we got a special guest all the way from Dykenham, Sue Larry. Oh, come on. Author and pastor, minister and goalkeeper, also greatest man. All right, guys, I'm waffling now. Uh, sure, what's going on, bro? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> you good, yeah? Yeah, man, I can't complain at all. I'm really happy. Welcome Excellent. Back. We love that. We love that. Right. So as we do with all of our guests on the episode show, we're going to take you, th- I'm going to take you through 10 quick fire questions. Very okay. easy. Very simple. Very, very straightforward. We don't need a sermons on them as quick fire. Yeah? That's cool. Cool. First one, Twitter or Instagram? Insta. Bass guitar or electric? Electric. Bible study or Sunday service? Bible study. Well, I don't nobody choose Sunday service. Every time I do this, nobody chooses Sunday service. I don't know. I can't speak for anyone else, but I love a good old Bible study. Even when it comes to preaching, I prefer teaching a Bible study than preaching Sunday service. Oh, yeah? What do you prefer, Eber? Teaching or, or, or preaching? Well, I'm I'm a preacher, so <laughs> I'm a preacher. Oh, I'm a preacher and a teacher, but I can't lie. I prefer. I really prefer preaching. I've missed it. I hear that. I hear that. Why? Why do you prefer that? Even the preaching. Um, because tell your mic up a little bit, please, bro. Okay, because the true power of it, when you get to see the true power of it, transform lives. Um, and just being able to come alive, where I think we're teaching is is less about you know being expressive. Well, some people mm. argue, but I just feel like with preaching, you're allowed to be more. There's free reign to be more expressive and to be yourself a lot more. Um, so that means that there can be a, you know, if you want to incorporate humor, there's a, there can be in teaching or in preaching, in preaching, like, okay, you okay, you can, you can really do that with a freedom, but with teaching, you've got a target, like people have to learn. There's a, they need to learn, even though with preaching, mm. they do need to, but there's a, there's more of a freedom where teaching is very much more specific. Like you have to be a bit more sober minded, where mm. preaching, yeah, that flexibility. And I missed it because obviously, you know, in the lockdown behind the screen you can only do as much but just holding that microphone walking around seeing people there physically bro it, mm. it's a lot of things man like you just feel you, f- you feel people receiving what you're saying even sometimes when you step into rooms where maybe people are like okay they're acting a bit stush but then after you know some time their guards are down and stuff and they're receiving what you've got to say that feeling there's yeah man it's powerful so i've really missed it and yeah, but God's grace, yeah. towards towards the end of the year, we'll be we'll be up and running more. We'll be back out, open doors, we'll be soon. I think that's more based on styles, though, because hey, hold hold that, hold that, hold that. Let me let me finish a quick fire, then we could jump straight into that. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Hold that, hold that, hold that, convo. Um, next one, Sean Tesco or Sainsbury's? 
Ooh. Tesco's <laughs> big wedding or small wedding? Well, I had a big wedding, so big wedding. Hear that? Pounded yam or fufu? Pounded yam. Genesis or Revelation? Genesis. Vacation in Dubai or Bahamas? Bahamas. Would you rather be a poor pastor or a wealthy businessman? A wealthy businessman. I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. So, and last one. Do you prefer light on or light off? <laughs> I mean, I'm a child of the light, so the light on. I hear that as well, Sean. I hear that as well. I respect it completely. Um, right, I love that. Just to quick, obviously, just quickly do that to get you comfortable anyway. You know us, to be fair, so you don't really need no comfortability and all of that. But yeah, Sean, you was going to say, man, you was going to talk on the, um, the the different styles. Yeah, no, because um, when it comes to teaching, I, I definitely hear what um, Iman is saying, that generally you are sober-minded. But I think maybe because me, I have to throw in bands whenever I'm teaching that. I need to make sure the people are comfortable that are listening to me, that, you know, that I'm not coming from, I'm above here, you guys are down here. I kind of want to teach at the same level. And mm. obviously, I don't want to, obviously you don't have too much familiarity that they're not able to receive from you. But the, where that difference will come is, where is the grace of God in your life in that teaching for them to receive from you, if that makes sense, to prevent that familiarity, famili- familiarity creeping in. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, do you know what? I've got a question. It's interesting, obviously, that the the, the the different views here. But before I even ask that question, Eman, do you want to talk about your, your business? I see you got a new thing going on. Yeah. Obviously, let the people know. Let the people know the, the new venture in that. I see the thing. Love, 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 love. So, guys, yep, I started um, a fashion brand recently. Um, it's, it's something that's been pending for a hot sec, um, but it's something that I'm really passionate about. It's something that um, I'm really going for. So the brand is called Order, O-W-R-D-E-R. You can find us on Insta um, at The Order, T-H-E, O-W-R-D-E-R. And the same for uh, Instagram, so Instagram and Twitter. Um, And then the website is www.order.com. Yeah, it's literally a luxury streetwear brand. The focus is shaping the culture with fashion that brings a message. So all like the all in order, O-W-R, um, Hebrew word that means light. This is not, um, this is, and this is not a dig before people think I'm may, um, sending for anybody. This isn't um, particularly a Christian brand. Uh, the the name of the brand has Christian roots, but it's not necessarily a Christian brand. Um, this is for everybody. Um, it's just literally fashion that, that carries a message. So for me, something that, um, is is there and close to my heart is 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 music and and rapping something that I used to do for a while so wordplay and playing around with words is something that I'm very familiar with and also just kind of putting words together that mean something and that's one of the things that is going to be a hallmark in in this brand it's not just words per se not just filling up words with t-shirts but there's going to be messages and and pictures and designs that bring out a message that people are able to to to, to see and to receive so that it could be about anything relating to social justice or current affairs and current topics, but incorporate that in a fashion sense. And obviously streetwear is big, but you know, streetwear in in general, but you know, luxury streetwear, something that our culture, our generation is really into. So the price point is not necessarily the same as some other people. 
Um, it's it's you get what you you pay for. You're paying for luxury, so that's what you'll get. But yeah, I just want people to to see me, especially in the brand. So what you see in the brand is what you see of me. When for those who follow me, you know what I'm about, and you see it. So that's what I really want to bring out in the brand. So guys, support me. Um, make sure you go to the website. Make sure you follow the socials. Follow me on this journey. Um, and yeah, make sure you cop your piece. Um, it's mm. gonna be lit, is lit. So yeah, thanks. That's it. Check it out, guys. Check it out. Go and check them out. Follow, run it up, run it all the way up. Um, and support black owned businesses as well, man. Do you know why we're here, Sean? Do you want to plug your thing as well, bro? Plug your thing, man. Yeah, so um, by the grace of God, me and my wife, we authored a book last year on marriage. Basically, it's called A Marriage of Grace. And it's a kind of like a story, our journey from our first five years of marriage. It's free to download. It's an audio book. I'm not audio, it's an e-book. It's from our website, www.therashids.co.uk. That's T-H-E, Rashids, R-A-S-H-E-D-S.co.uk. Get it there, free to download. Also, um, I've got a boxing podcast. I love my boxing. It's called Five Star Knockout. Check that on all podcast, all podcast platforms, such as the Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Decent man said all podcast platforms, you know, all DSPs, my bro, all DSPs, streaming platforms, <laughs> podcast platforms. Whatever you call it, <laughs> oh, you definitely new to this. I hear it, I hear it. But yeah, guys, go check him out, man. Check out the boxing podcast. Um, check out his his ebook on marriage, written by him and his wife as well. Some some good stuff there. Um, yes, yeah, so I was gonna say, yeah, obviously we was talking about this whole um, preaching versus teaching thing. And I think it's definitely interesting for sure. Um, do you feel like you... Oh, firstly, Iman, yes or no, can you teach as well as preach? Yeah, 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 uh, absolutely. Okay. Do, you, do you feel like it might be dependent on the gathering or the people that you're speaking to, which determines whether you go down the preaching route or the teaching route? This is for either of you. Um, yes, absolutely. And I've, I've, I still, obviously, because this is something that I've been doing, you know... <laughs> 17 plus years um there's a there's definitely there's definitely um a difference um especially even with with the styles and stuff like that but there absolutely is and i think in in terms of the different audiences yeah for sure there's there's some places where they've given you 45 minutes or 30 minutes to give a word you can't you can't teach in that time teaching like you know before we did this recording doing a bible study that was what an hour and a half an hour 45 you know like taking time to unpack things and it's not to say i think like i said before it's not to say that you can't express yourself but there's a real need and responsibility to convey a message and as a teacher like yeah you can you know you can get along with your pupils you can you know show a bit of character charisma but they need to get it. And I think when it comes to spiritual things, like, and especially, the, you know, the position I'm in as an overseer of a church, like, I'm, it's it's important that these guys spiritually mature. So, you know, it's cool. You can laugh or whatever, but I need you guys to mature. I need you guys to mature because it's my responsibility as, as someone who watches, over, as Paul was described, someone who watches over your soul. It's critical, like, the times are necessary. So, but then on Sundays, 
I can, you know, as I'm preaching, like, I've got a bit of, you know, it's not as long as a Bible study. I'm preaching. I'll add jokes in there. You know, I'll I'll add like, you know, context of what's going on on in there. So yeah, there'll be a bit of humor, a bit of jest. It'll be lighthearted, and also that you have to put into context things like attention span and whatnot. We're in a generation where attention span is actually not that great um, for a lot of people. So you have to really you have to really utilize the time and know what you can do in a space and what you can't do in a space. Yeah, no, I hear that. So in this in this new age, I want to call it a new age here, yeah, but in this new age, and I say new age because obviously a lot of things are done digitally, and this is before the pandemic. A lot of things are done digitally now. So mm-hmm. um, in in this new age, at which point do 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 ministers kind of like or pastors, teachers, whatever they may, whatever title they may carry, mm-hmm. how do they differentiate when to preach or when to teach? Because obviously, when I was young, like growing up, I've obviously, you know, sit under many preachings, many teachers. Um, and one thing I kind of found when attending like several conferences, for example, many, many preachers or many pastors would, would teach during like their 11, 11 a.m. slots. Yeah. Like, you, you know, in conferences where you get like 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and then you get the, the 7 p.m. power night, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, I definitely always this is old school for real. <laughs> but um, yeah, pastors will tend to like during the eleven AM they'll bring out a whiteboard. Um uh, and then obviously they'll teach and then the seven PM that's when they'll probably preach and that sort of stuff. But this is obviously however many years ago. What what does it look like now in terms of this this new age where a lot of things are done digitally? Like yeah. how 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 do you or, or Sean, either one of you, um, how do you think, you know, leaders or pastors can decide or determine whether to preach or teach? I think it's a um, grace thing because, like, well, there's two ele- there's two elements for it. The first thing is some people are naturally, like, for me, I'm much more graced in teaching than I am to preaching. Like, that's just my natural style. Even when I'm supposed to preach, there's times I will, more times than not, go into my teaching element rather than focus on my preaching. And generally, like on a Sunday service, for example, is the time more for preaching. It's usually at the more Bible studies. That's generally where the teaching is needed. So some people have a natural grace to one or the other, but they need to know, mm. you know, what, you, what you've been called to do in that specific. So let's say, for example, a church invites me to come and speak. I'll need to kind of know what, what sort of session am I doing? Am I coming to preach to a congregation for a service? Is it like a conference or is it like a Bible study? Then obviously based on, on the information I'm given, then I'll kind of tailor my teaching style. But whether it's a preaching, I'll do I'll do elements of teaching, but I have to recognize that they've called me to come and preach at this specific thing to kind of declare a word regarding whatever the situation or the topic may be. Mm. I would I would say that um, I'll start from a spiritual perspective. Obviously, it's important to to get direction from God um, and ask Holy Spirit, you know, how He would like you to address or approach the engagement that you've got. But also, to a practical thing that you could do as a preacher, um, speaker, teacher, um, whatever you know your office is, um, to to ask the the church or the ministry that you are um going to be serving at um what the demographics is like 
um, and kind of a bit more information that will give you a bit more insight. So, for example, there are spaces where I've been where it's younger demographics and the leaders will be like, you know what, um, a lot of the a lot of the youngsters are not really engaged with church like that. Um, they're not really engaged with church like that. They're not really into the word like that. So they're just making me aware. And so in those scenarios, I'm not trying to go down, you know, my scholarly, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and go down my theological scholar route because using, you know, big English and using big theological terms, I'm just going to throw these people off. So I'm going to more engage from a preaching perspective where it's more alive, active, it's more engaging. Um, and I'm trying to get some, a few points across so they can, so that at least they can pick from something that I'm saying. Whereas there's some people, you know, that there's some environments where, you know, they are, they've been disciplined in the word that they're, they're very, they're like the, the congregation are very disciplined in the word. They know the word well. So I can take a, a teaching approach because of the level of maturity in that space. And how, how would you know that though, bro? How would you know the congregations, um, whether they're mature in the faith or not? So, like I said, so from a practical level, what I do, um, what I do, my, my PA would send a, a questionnaire, just ask a few things about the church and the church would fill out as much as they can to let me know just kind of like what, what the audience is like um, to give me some practical insight. Obviously, I'm going to pray, but they're going to give me some insight from their side to let me know kind of what I should be aware of or what I can know. So, like I said, sometimes been to places where i've been to a lot of places especially more, my more youth engagements where they will say oh yeah the youth are a little less you know you know on the heavy big big words and then i've then i'll go to other places where they'll be like look what you know we've got the demographics they're more millennials and the generations above that you know they're they're more mature in the faith you know they have a good command of the word so they can understand whatever so i know how to approach it from that practical level some places i've been i've been to they've not given me any insight <laughs> so you just have to really rely on holy spirit in that moment in time <laughs> you just, just navigate have to flow, bro. Yeah, you really have to yeah you really have to navigate and that's why i was saying at the beginning there's there's type there's places where you go and like the faces might be stiff and it's kind of like okay cool but I'm I'm really one. I don't I don't really watch people's faces. I I'm here on assignment. Whatever God tells me to do, I'll do it. So it's really it's it's really about that. But I think for me, one of the what's helped me the most is really relying on Holy Spirit. I can't lie. I can't say I, I can't say anything. I don't think there's any greater advice because there's been times where I'll prepare something, and then when I get there on the day, Holy Spirit's like, yeah, we're doing something else today. We're t we're touching something else today, and I'm like. I spent a month on this. I spent six weeks, you know, preparing this. I spent, you know, however long preparing for this. Like, you know what? It's like, yeah, because there's a there's something that I want to do with my people today. And sometimes it might not even be a preach. Sometimes it's just worship. Sometimes there's just been times of prayer and and deliverance, or just prayer and just you know ministering to people, whether it's prophetic ministry and stuff like that. So you have to really be led, and then it will gauge what happens in that moment. But teaching. I can't lie. Most places that I go to, I don't always have, because I don't have the time, unless they've given me like two hours or they've given me two slots, maybe one after, like afternoon service and one in the evening service where I have time to like go on a journey. I, I'm not able to do it because me, I, the, my approach to it, like I'm very, 
Bruh, I can what? get really theological, so, early, right? Because I think, based, because that, like, for example, if you gave me five minutes to preach on the, to teach on the gospel, I can do it in five minutes because that's my grace. I think your style, from what I've seen you as you as well, I think you're more of a natural preacher than teacher, anyway. Yeah, no, because yeah, I, I was I, I was gonna ask why why do we need a certain amount of time in order to teach? Because te- I don't think you can teach in five minutes. I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I strongly disagree. Like, okay, if, what, if, what do you see? What do we see as teaching versus preaching? Like, what, what do we see the difference? That's what I'm saying. So I, so I see teaching more as line upon line, precept upon precept, and there being a depth to what we're saying. So not that you, not this is not to say that you can't preach and be deep, but preaching is more about little nuggets that you can grab from it and then kind of go away in your week and apply it. Teaching is there's a maturity that you need to grasp from this. There's a depth that you need to get that's going to to build you as a believer that where preaching might just be, it's not always that, but like there might be for some preachers, their style is a lot of one-liners, a lot of, you know, there's one, two points and you can run away from the week. Whereas teachers, it's they're really going into depth so if we're talking about faith they're explaining the greek the hebrew how that looks like how that you can apply it what that looked like in the old testament what that looked like in the new testament what that looked like because like i because i get exactly what you're saying but that's more of a deep teaching sense sometimes you might be teaching a youth bible study you don't need to go into the greek the german the hebrew it's just mm. this is what it is so your, your but, teaching style will be catered to the person that you're teaching to when, when we're teaching Sunday school. We don't go to Greek. It's- <laughs> yeah, but te- yeah, but this is uh, this is where we might disagree because when we're saying when we're teaching Sunday school, my my view about even teaching you know kids has even changed because I feel like we 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 teach kids or we have grown up to teach kids like they have a miniature Holy Spirit and we have a senior Holy Spirit, and I'm not saying that they we should just throw them in the deep end, but it's like when you obviously it's like year one, year two, year three, year four, there's a where dependent on your age, you learn the the expectation and the curriculum changes as you grow. So, so for me, why I say I don't feel like I can teach in five minutes is because even in primary school, secondary school, teachers aren't allocated five minutes to teach kids stuff. When you go to uni, you're not allocated five minutes. To, so I'm not saying that you can't learn something, but I think biblical teaching is not, maybe this, yeah, maybe this is where we see it different, but I don't necessarily believe that one can truly teach within a five minute span. I it, really might, believe, it might be based on what you're teaching. Yeah. It might, it might be dependent on the topic. Yeah. Um, I, why, why, and why I disagree with that is because when I, historically, when we look, when we look at, the early church, they would they, bro, they were they were teaching for days it on is. end. But also you have to recognize as well, the even the Bible says there's a time for uh, milk and then there's a time for for strong meat. Sure. So you give the you babes in the faith, and I just use young children as an example because it's easier to democrate in terms of him. But I'm talking about generally young young children in the faith, you'll start off with basics. Basics don't doesn't necessarily mean, need to go into the depths. You can teach faith on a very simple and basic level, but you can also teach faith on a very highly sophisticated level. That's the that's the beauty of scripture. Absolutely, and I'm not saying I'm not necessarily saying that um, even milk has to 
be deep, deep, deep. What I'm saying is that the milk still has to contain the nutrients that are necessary for their growth. Yeah. So, I, yeah, so I'm, it's not just, you can't just get, you can't give a baby evaporated milk. You can't give a baby full fat milk. They need breast milk. So they need what's necessary. And that's why I'm, I'm trying to separate or trying to distinguish what is necessary for a, for a babe in Christ. Yes, it's, it, yes, it's elementary, but even the elementary stuff, you need to have the right content in there. And that's why for me, I don't necessarily, even though I'm not saying it's necessarily by time per se, or like is you need to have like an hour, a solid hour, an hour and a half. What I'm trying to say is that the content that needs to be in there for their spiritual formation, you have to be critical about it. You have to be analytical about it. That's what I'm trying to say. So my approach to that, so for example, someone who's a babe in the faith, when I'm preaching to them, it's different. To, I, I I say it's different to when I'm I'm when I'm preaching to them. It's different to when I'm teaching to them because when I'm teaching, it's more confined to more so Bible study. I would say. I agree. I would, I, I, and and so in that time, I'm like, look, um, I'm, I'll teach something. Do you have questions based on what I've said? Have I said something that's thrown you off? Have I said something you don't understand? Whereas when I'm preaching, you can't ask ask me questions. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree. I so agree. it's just. Uh, I think no. I get what you're saying. I don't necessarily think I'm uh, in like in tr like big conflict. I just think it's what it looks like. So you're a teacher. You're a teacher by your spiritual gift. Me, bro. As good as uh, trust me. As good as I can preach, I can. I personally think I can teach better than I can preach. But most of the context and the environments that I'm in give me more I, I get more engagements to preach than i do to teach so when i'm with my guys at city worship bro i spend i spend time not time for these guys you get so it's just one of those ones where i think it's how it's described so maybe we're arguing semantics on how we understand it but i don't i don't think we're in like in like at the core when that major disagreement it's just of course what it looks like per se because i do think when well, you made a, a very interesting point and I'm going to throw, and this is more, not, an, not an, a dart, but it's something to, for churches to kind of consider when they invite speakers, is I think right. a lot of times, someone like T.D. Jakes, right. we say he's a preacher or a teacher. So I think from what we see from his ministry consistently over the past three decades, I would say that he's more a preacher um, than he is a teacher. He can teach, though, but he's yeah. more a preacher. He can definitely be both. Come on, he's not, yeah, he's yeah. definitely yeah. From his he's pri primarily he's a preacher. Primarily he's a preacher. Yeah, I find he, I find he, yeah, he definitely preaches more, but I think his natural grace is teaching. Okay, do you get what I mean? But someone like <laughs> Francis Chan, yeah, you're not calling him for a prophetic conference. <laughs> do you get what I mean? Yeah, but then, but then I would, argue, I, I would people argue that him, people will call him because of his name, yeah, because he has the ability to. Probably declare, but if you're, if yeah. you're calling for him for a prophetic conference, it's going to be someone like Bill Johnson, right? Do you get what I mean? But where a lot of churches go wrong, they just think, think of a name or oh, who can we get? Okay, yeah, he's good. Let's get him. But they they haven't got the concept of actually what they want him for, right? Do you know what I heard? I heard a part of the Bishop T D Jakes thing. I think T D Jakes has probably got the grace for both preach and teach. Do you know what? There's probably loads of loads of ministers, loads of leaders and pastors that probably do have the grace for both. Yeah. But you know, similar to what what you man saying, it might just depend on the sort of gathering they're invited to. Yeah. Um, and that kind of that kind of probably determines what method they probably choose 
to to util to utilize. So whether it's preaching or teaching, depending on congregation, the event, and so forth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, TJX, he, he could definitely do both for sure. I think he, he's got a great ability to teach, but a great ability to preach. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to ask though, how why why do you feel like we we use Sunday service to preach and we use Bible study to teach? Surely because of the time. Yeah, I, I don't think that's. I think that's the that's the best. I think personally, I think that's the better way to do it. Anyway, because even Jesus, when he he will spend a lot of time doing his sessions, he will preach the five thousand, the three thousand multitude. But it's in the smaller groups that he went into depth. So, for example, he, he spoke about the parable, the parables, the parable of the sower. For example, it was it was only in a smaller group of his disciples that he went into proper detail to break it down what exactly he meant. Don't get twisted, 5,000 people heard it, or 3,000, whichever, not all 5,000 understood what he meant. Probably only the 12 or anyone else who was around them in that vicinity actually got the understanding for what that actually meant. <laughs> so she was feeding into the point that I was making. She was feeding into the point that I was making earlier. So with the masses, obviously, he's more. we see more of Jesus preaches preaching ministries yeah he's, he's declaring he's proclaiming stuff the kingdom of god is at hand yeah yeah, yeah. that's a parable but then he also says that look it's not everyone that hears this parable that's going to be able to understand it but then we see when he's with his disciples they're calling him rabbi and rabbi is a teacher it's a, in english in english terms it's, it's a teacher they're sitting at his feet they're drawing from him and that's why they have the grace the ability to grow in a short space of time then he sends them to go and disciple others so there's that there's that proximity that brings intimacy where you can kind of go into the deep deep stuff and then when there's the masses you're doing the proclamation and then those that are ready to receive they will come in and say, okay, look, we're hungry for more, mm-hmm. which a lot of people were because we yeah. do see not just the 12, we see the, the 500 or 400 plus, then we see the 120. So we do see that even though Jesus had the 12, there were still others that there were still a few hundred that, you know, um, that, that saw him ascend. And those were, they, those were consistent followers. So they followed mm-hmm. Jesus on his journey mm-hmm. and, so it was the same principle of they heard the teachings and they followed the teachings and they were the ones that Jesus also empowered to go and disciple nations. So I feel like you have to know, gauge your terrain and then run with that. But on Sundays, and especially in this day and age where people are, you know, when we had our buildings and stuff like that, we could run church on for long. But especially with the younger generations now and the attention span and stuff like that and maybe churches that don't have their own buildings and have to get leave the building after a certain time you don't have much time to do much so with sundays then with sundays are we are we doing a church a disservice then because it sounds to me that bible studies is obviously where it's at and it just it make now it makes me think are we actually doing church services on sunday a disservice if we're not going in depth as we should do Good question, and, and this probably contributes as to why people might think, or p- some some churches call Sunday their celebration service. Yeah. It's a lot of jumping up and down. <laughs> Pastors are doing the theatrics to entertain, to keep their audience engaged, and that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's what people want. But are we doing the church a disservice? Then are we are we giving are we giving our congregation what they want as opposed to what they need? Okay, put it away. I don't think it's I don't think it's from the pastor's perspective. I think it's from the people's perspective. Because how many people turn up to Bible study in the midweek? Yeah, yeah, minimal. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Even now that it's online, what's their excuse? Mm, Do you get mm. what I mean? 
but then but then also uh, you also have to understand when this this is the difference as well with teaching because teaching puts an onus on the individual that is in the space so is in the bible study teaching ensures that you take an onus so like when you're in school and the teacher gives you homework you have a responsibility to go away, do the homework, and give it back to the teacher. And so that's where I believe, like, um, some churches do it, not all churches do it. But where there, where there ought to be an emphasis on your growth, the emphasis can't always, is not really on the Sundays. But it's in the Bible studies. Yep. But what's more attended? The Sundays as opposed yeah, to the Bible studies. Mad. It's mad. Why? Because the Bible studies put you under pressure to ensure that what is being taught you have to conform to it mm -hmm. and follow the ways of it. Yeah. And that's, I feel like, if, if I'm being very honest, can I be honest, bro? I, my, I dislike the fact that Sunday services have been getting shorter and shorter. Oh! <laughs> I absolutely, I, I'm sorry. I absolutely mm. dislike, I, I do not like one hour services. I don't care what anybody has to say. I do not like one hour services. People say, oh, you know, people have Sundays to, to do whatever. You will be, you'll be on Clubhouse shouting at somebody for three hours mm -hmm. and not feel away. But it's Sunday that's pressing you. I feel like Sunday is really church, the gathering of the saints, really. Even Bible studies there and prayer meeting is there. That's fine, fantastic. But the gathering of the saints on Sunday should really be effective enough for you to feel like I, I, I not just a, a nice feel good feeling that I have been, I have been triggered. That's, bro, that's what it is, bro. That's what it is. Sunday, yeah. Sunday services has become a thing where people are moved by emotion and feeling. That's and what that's, it's become. I don't even blame the pastors. I don't blame the leaders. I don't blame the people running these ministries and churches because obviously it's supply and demand, isn't it? I think pastors are doing exactly <laughs> what the, pastors are doing exactly what the congregation want. Yeah, but yeah. but fivefold ought not to do that because Ephesians tells us that the fivefold's responsibility is to is to equip the saints for the work of ministry so that eventually we'll grow into the fullness of the measure of the stature of christ that is our responsibility so whether whether people don't feel it or not or they're not they're like ah oh, this is longer whatever i'm not doing it i'm not doing it so you can have fun here and that's why i said in the beginning my responsibility uh, me as as an apostle my sheer responsibility is not even, yes, there's a difference between pastor and apostle and whatever, and we can go that to in, in maybe another conversation, but my responsibility as one, it's like Paul, when he says in Galatians, look, little my little children of whom I travail, that Christ may be formed in you. Paul was crying. He was working hard. He was sweating. He was laboring. Why? So that Christ could be formed in these people. And so for me, my thing is, look, I hear what the culture is saying. I hear what people are doing. I hear what churches are doing. I hear how people are trying to be more relevant and X, Y, Z. But I don't care because all those things will pass away. I care about your soul. I care about your salvation. I care about your maturation. Because as much as everyone will be sending and saying, oh, people don't behave like Jesus Christ. I am, tr I am doing what is necessary to ensure from my side that you become more like Christ. So I'm going to have, I'm going to have, whether I have to be extra, whether you feel like I'm annoying whether you feel like i'm doing the most i must do the most because one day i'm going to stand before the father and give an account and so for me that's why i said for me on sundays i feel like we're doing the disservice when it's just like when we give more time for worship than we do the word 
And I get it. I like, bro, your worship team worship, I'm, Bro, the worship are moving people into tears and emotions. <laughs> and that's why I think some of it is performative. And it's the truth, bro. <laughs> and, and bro, but after the service, they're going to plunge. Take your shoe off first. Come on, get up. Go take your shoe out of there. So what, what does that mean? Bro, bro, this, is why, yeah. bro, this is why this is why it makes you think how much is the church actually growing, bro? Because obviously, like Sean said, if you look at the numbers, there's more people attending on Sundays and very few people attending on Wednesdays or whenever your Bible study is midweek, yeah? But oh. midweek Bible study is the one that's obviously most impactful because it breaks the word down and, and so forth and so forth. Whereas Sunday is decorated with emotions and feelings. Hmm. But it makes me it makes me question how much of impact is the church really, really making on a Sunday? If, if we're... If pastors are having to almost perform for the sake of their congregation, can I Sean, yeah. Sean speak? Yeah, because um, me and I, I've definitely been disturbing Iman with these sort with my line of thinking in response to that. I know before I blamed um, the church. I mean, the when I say the church, I mean the congregation for obviously for their supply and demand be antics. Now, if we're going to put the responsibility back onto the pastors and the leadership of the church, their main issue is they some. Because they're responding to how the people are, they focus on feeding them once a week and expecting that to sustain them for the whole week when we meet again next week. Right. That's never going to work. It's right. never going to work. The, the scripture that um, Iman used before, my little children for who are Travel, our pastors need to do a little bit more than just preach once a week and expect them to catch it. Facts. We, need to we need to do life with our congregation. Right. We need to see them more than once a week. We need to interact with them more than once a week. We, mm -hmm. we need to know says know the stake of your flock. Mm -hmm. How many people know their pastors? How many, how, yeah. how many their pastors know their people? Yeah. Now, definitely, I understand. There's definitely um, some churches that are too large. Like just to jump in, oh, you know what? That brings me on what I was going to jump in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some churches might not have the ability. Some pastors might not have the ability to do that because of the size of the congregation. And I was definitely going to come into that. That's where cell groups and group leadership needs to be split apart. So there should be enough leaders to look yeah. after a, a a flock or a tribe or whatever you want, or a cell group to mm -hmm. make it use um, in modern day language. Whether yeah. there's, I don't know, 10 people within a group and one person's looking up and one leader is looking after them. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's a case where you're doing life together on a consistent basis rather than once a week, because there's no, you don't, you don't feed your kids once a week and then, Expect them to and say go live life and then come back to me next week. Mm, mm, mm. You know, yeah, I agree with that I like that. So you, we have to have, and that's where um, Jesus said, "Go into the world and make disciples." Unfortunately, mm. all we're doing is going into the world and inviting church members. Facts. That's good. <laughs> that's good. Real talk. Real talk. That's but good. even that year, even that year, making the disciples. I think that mo that happens more time outside of the church building than inside the church building. And that's I'm gonna, it, wrong. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, but it even makes me it even makes me question how many churches, and I don't require a number, but how many churches are actually doing that, Sean, where they've got several different cell groups. Mm. I mean, I know of some, so I'm not going to label. Yeah, yeah, it's rhetorical, but yeah, go on. Yeah, definitely, because there are definitely some, but the majority mm -hmm. are not. Hence, the reason why people are shouting the way that they're shouting on Twitter, saying the church don't do this, the church don't do that, bloody yada yada. <laughs> Bro, do you know I hate, bro? Like I said to you the other day, bro, I hate that with a passion, bro. I do as well. And the church don't speak about this. The church don't speak about that, bro. Honestly, I hate it so much, bro. And you know what's funny, yeah? Um, some of these because because I don't I don't know who to blame, but this it is what it is. The church model has now seen that the only church is when we come together on Sunday 
where the church that Jesus Christ said that I'm going to build is an active movement that progresses on a day-to-day level. Yeah. Mm. But when we say of the church, we always think of Sunday church or Mm. church organization. But the Mm. church that Jesus Christ is talking about that what should be in place is every Christian believer coming together for the greater good. So when people are saying, oh, the church don't talk about this, Real Talk, Real Talk, um, Real Talk, Real Walk was talking about it last week. Yeah, yeah, fa- yeah, badly, badly. The things that, and that's what annoys me, the things that people say the church don't talk about, we've been talking about these things, bro. We're 55, ep- we're 55 episodes deep. We've been talking about so many of these things. <laughs> well, I don't, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. But definitely, there's definitely has to, uh, I guess, starting from the church leadership, because obviously it's always going to fall on leadership. They definitely need to rethink their models of focusing more on building disciples where we're not just meeting each other once a week, but we're actually doing life together so that the congregation can actually feed into that so that they can see the bigger picture of just the church of my church, the name of my church, or Mm -hmm. do you get what I'm trying to say? And the bigger C church. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think both. I think both parties are to blame. I think we blame the congregation as well as the leaders. The congregation obviously require a certain thing, and that when it comes down to the supply and demand thing, I was saying, and obviously the the leaders, pastors are responding by giving the church exactly what it wants because that's going to sustain the model. That's going to sustain their plan. It's going to sustain their ministry. It's going to sustain their congregation. Whereas I think some pastors who obviously are not doing it for a, a number they're not doing it for a big congregation or they're not doing it for popularity i think those pastors are pro- probably have the ability to ignore exactly what the church want and actually give them what they need mm-hmm. but those churches just might not necessarily be big mm-hmm. yeah there are I, I would like i would definitely like to say that there are you know churches that that do well with their discipleship obviously i think sometimes when we think of church it subconsciously we're socialized or we're um, yeah, we're socialized to think when we think church, well, a lot of the time we look to big churches or we look to mega churches and then we judge it by that. Um, and sometimes we then judge it by trends, but there are a lot of, you know, smaller churches that do have the grace to, you know, communicate with their members because they're, they're much smaller. They can, you know, their discipleship infrastructures really work. I think as you grow, discipleship structures become a bit hard but then you it's not that it's impossible you just have to pay attention to it because i think of it like you know like i said jesus had even the 12 but even out of the 12 he had the three then he had the 500 then he had you know the 120 then you know it was nation they were going to nations they were going to different nations to disciple but it was individuals out of the bunches that i've described that went to go and do the job and went to go in and do the need- needful. That's why Jesus even sends disciples two by two, go to this city, go to this town, go to this region. Like they're going in twos because one, one person can do their own thing Two, Just like the psalmist says two, one can put a thousand to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. There's a lot more that can be done in numbers, but the response, the responsibilities, the, the responsibility has to start with people who are, well, the job gets done when there's people who are ready to take the responsibility. And that's where, that's where, that's where a lot of people don't, if we're being very honest, that's where a lot of Christians, a lot of Christians want to talk people into Christianity. A lot of people want to talk people into the love of God. The honest truth is, bro, look, you mm-hmm. can, t- that's, look, like you can, there's, there's Christians that are, 
are popular on social media right now, and this is not necessarily a personal dig, I'm not thinking of anyone specifically, but there are people that that tweet stuff, there are people that do Instagram posts, right? And they're, they're not active in the field. They ain't discipling anybody per se or in their personal lives. Mm. They're just doing posts. And it's easy to do posts because you can teach and you can preach and you can do a five-minute video or a little TikTok or whatever about Jesus Christ. But then outside of that, because you just feel, I'm doing my part for the kingdom, I'm posting content. Okay, but what about your community? Who are you discipling offline? Yep. Do you yeah, understand? Plus, you know what we with that as well, yeah. With um doing all that stuff on now it's all not performative, but some of it can be seen as performative. Right. Because all that stuff that we see online, whether it's Twitter or Instagram, you can't actually see the impact that you're making. Now right. impact cannot be defined by tweets, retweets, and reposts to Instagram stories. Yep. Right. But I think when, when you're actually doing stuff offline, that's when you can actually see how much impact you're actually making on individuals' lives. Right. And I think it take it removes the accountability that people have when it comes to social media. Because like you said, everyone can post. It's so easy to post. It's so easy to share scripture. And we're not, I'm not saying that it's wrong. It's not wrong. Continue to do so. But we can't actually measure the impact that what we're doing online. So we can we can remove any sort of accountability there. But when you're actually doing stuff outside social media, that's when you can really measure the impact. You can really see the impact that you're making. Yeah, absolutely. And that is this is where we have to now start measuring our Christianity. Yes, it's great. You've got a million views on your TikTok. Yes, it's great. You've got 50,000 followers or 250,000 followers on Twitter or whatever. But then offline, what is the te- what is the fruit of your testimony? What are, are there people that you've gone, you know what, even if it's even as a, I'm, we're using because we're in this example, we're using content creators. How many young content creators have you seen or content creators that are coming on their way up that are believers that you've gone you know what i'm gonna bring them under my wing i'm gonna disciple them not just in content but i'm gonna disciple them in the faith as well and i'm gonna help build them I'm and when, disciple themselves boy that, that's that but that's boy that's another question <laughs> that's why i'm saying it's easy it's easy like you can have mavericks and renegades just doing whatever they want it's and how do you measure as you said gabs how do you measure and i think we're using how we as, as not me anyway because god has really rejigged my mind about metrics that the church should be using moving forward for, mm. for effectiveness in society but look even right now a lot of people judge influence by um by the number of followers and i saw something today i saw mm-hmm. um, i saw a young i saw a young brother from like london doing a great and amazing things sterling um sterling um from like london and he was like look i've got way more followers on tiktok and i think instagram than his uh, his his pastor his apostle he was like bro but does, that doesn't necessarily mean i have influence he's like my apostle's got national leaders calling his phone he's like i don't He's like this. Mm-hmm. You have to know. He was like, you have to know. You can't just judge. Oh, because I have got loads of followers, that that means I'm I'm influential, and that means I'm doing a lot of things. So we have to be careful of how we're judging it. Just because they've got loads of followers doesn't mean that that is that is necessarily bearing spiritual fruit. Mm-hmm. Followers doesn't is not is not e- there's no equal sign in between the two. So what mm-hmm. we've got to do as leaders within the body of Christ is go. Let's rethink what discipleship looks like. Yep. Just like what bro was just saying. Let's rethink what discipleship looks like and let's start on a granular level. Even just as a believer, how can me as an individual 
How can I disciple the people around me? If you've got the time Sit back and relax Tell me what's on your mind